Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Monday, October 19th, 2020. On the show today, it is our sixth MLB playoff diary, and we have finally made it. Our World Series matchup is set. It's going to be the Rays and the Dodgers, and let's talk about how we got here. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it here on this Monday. We have our World Series matchup. It is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays, who both won their championship league series this weekend in seven games. The Dodgers came down from 3-1. The Rays were up 3-0, gave up three three games, and then were able to storm back and uh, reclaim momentum, grab that final game in Game 7. The Dodgers were also very good. We'll, we'll get to how both teams look, but... The first important thing to note, in my opinion, is that in a season where we talked about how, wow, this could be really weird, um, you know, we could have teams, you know, all everybody's going to make the dance, 16 playoff teams, three-game series, things could get weird. In my opinion, I mean, three of the teams left were three of the best four teams in the league during the season. The Rays, the Braves, and the Dodgers were pretty squarely three of the best four teams, in my opinion, Throughout the year, I think the way the Dodgers, or think, excuse me, the Braves battled through their injuries solidified that. I think the Rays' record and quality of play throughout a difficult East and a difficult season solidified their spot. And I think obviously the Dodgers did the same as well. And those teams, that you know, they, all three of those teams I mentioned showed quality in the playoffs. The the Astros definitely have the roster of a, of a you know the talent of a team that should be th- top three, top four, and. They were definitely one of the top, you know, eight teams in the league this year, and then they played like one of the best four teams in the league in the in the playoffs. They earned that position. So, you know, I think the 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 Astros are the one case for wow, this team was twenty nine and thirty one during the regular season, but they ended up losing. And you know, the other three fourths, and, and they were playing like a team that deserved to be there. I mean, you know, if they came back from three games down and won that series against the, you know, against the Rays, you couldn't, you couldn't really say they didn't deserve to win that series. They, they didn't deserve to be in that spot. I mean, they took care of some good teams along the way. You know, they took care of, the, of Minnesota, who's a good team all season. They took care of, uh, they took care of the A's, who are, you know, won their division and beat them seven times over the course of the regular season. And then, you know, they were down 3-0 to a team that won the most games in the American League, and, uh, and they damn near won the thing. So, I you know I think this system got it right, and I mean to be honest with you guys, you know baseball is baseball is a sport where we actually don't always get a lot of times you don't always get um, you know a result where the two best teams from regular season make it all the way. I mean think about this, you know the Marlins have won two World Series in their entire history, and they've never won a division. The Washington Nationals last year did not win the division, and uh, and you know won the World Series. This is the first time this year since 2013 that the two best, you know, the teams with the two best records in the American and National League are facing the World Series. Uh, we have not seen that since Cardinals-Red Sox. Those teams, the Cardinals, have the best record in the National League, and the Red Sox have the best record in the American League. So we haven't seen the two teams with the best records make it there uh, until now. And I think that's, you know, we have this conversation about how we got here. That's what we have to note is that 
for all the weirdness of this season, for the season that we had, I mean, the results feel like they are where they should be. Uh, I think the Rays lineup causes you to be a bit more skeptical, but I mean, their results, the results speak for themselves. Um, as me- as much doubt as you know, I had, or maybe some of you all had, or you know, a lot of us had during the um, during that series, where you know, I was talking to Connor Jones, been on this podcast a lot, and we were watching the games this weekend, and you know, just think about, wow, this this Rays lineup, man, it's just it's bad, but they've been able to piece things together, especially with that bullpen. And make it work. And they were able to do that again in timely hitting, clutch hitting. Uh, it can mask a lot of deficiencies. Um, I think that's something the Dodgers went through as well, too. I mean, you know, the team's got a lot of good names, but the timely hitting is what got it done for them. You know, a guy like Cody Bellinger struggling immensely and then comes through uh, comes through like that for them last night in Game 7. So, I th- and I thought, too, baseball did a good job um, competing and competing in a competitive awfully competitive sports climate. I haven't seen the ratings, but um, as somebody who covers college football and loves college football um, as much as any sport and loves pro football as well too, I mean, last night I was not watching Rams and 49ers. I was watching Braves and Dodgers. I think a lot of people were the same way too. I think a lot of people were like that. Um, Even on Saturday night, you know, I found myself, you know, two screen experience, even three if you were into the combat sports that were happening on Saturday night. But you know, I found myself watching baseball alongside of these sports that are usually ratings juggernauts, right? I mean, not, I'm not saying combat sports are, but, you know, we had, a, um, I mean, there was a little bit of something for everybody in terms of sports fans on Saturday, a full college football slate. There was baseball, there was UFC, there was boxing. And I thought baseball held its own. I really, I really did. And I think these series were so competitive and they were exciting. Um, I wouldn't say the Rays were as exciting, but, you know, the star power from the Braves Dodgers series was exciting. Those games were good. The strategy, I, I don't know if I love the the playing seven consecutive days. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I thought it caused us to see a lot of arms again. I think it didn't give guys the requisite amount of rest. I think they could have staggered a little bit. Also, too, I mean, you know, I know they don't want to always go up against football, but if they did have days of rest between, um, you know, three or five, two and five, whatever you wanted to do, we'd be in a different spot right now. We would be in a spot where on Tuesday night there would be no football and there would be a standalone baseball game. So I thought a bit of the scheduling was weird. I know they're trying to get this stuff in, but um, yeah, I, I, I think they could have done a bit better with the scheduling, but I thought baseball in context of where, you know, of the sports climate right now, I thought it really did a good job of holding its own this weekend. I was very, very much impressed with that. One thing I was not impressed with was the TV scheduling. And this one is number one. We cannot have games on a pro, I mean, on a channel like TBS. Like the American League Championship Series deserves a much better stage. It deserves to be on Fox. It deserves to be on CBS. It deserves to be on ABC. Somewhere there, we need to have that game on a much more, you know, those games on much more accessible channels. Credit to Fox for showing some of their games, uh, the, the National League Championship Series, on Big Fox, but one problem I was having, we cannot have truck series races on Fox one night. I think it was Saturday, Friday or Saturday. Truck series races on Fox and the National League Championship Series, you know, game five, six, or seven, or five or six, forget which one, but those cannot be on Fox Sports 1. That cannot work like that. We cannot have a, I think it was Friday night's Friday night's game that was on um, uh, Fox Sports 1 and the truck race was on Fox. 
we cannot have that situation, especially on Sunday night too. I mean, you know, I don't know what criminal minds where the hell is on Fox, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be the national league championship series game seven. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. I know Fox had the, the football during the day and it's kind of how it went, but we cannot be having, you know, National League Championship Series games on FS1. It cannot happen like that. It's just, it's it's too big. I mean, I know the, the NF, or excuse me, the NHL has the same issues when we've got stuff like, you know, we, we got uh, NBCSN has a, a majority of the uh, Stanley Cup playoff games, right? You cannot have that. It's it's just bad for the sport. I mean, at least basketball, say what you will about it in the ratings, but at least they're on ABC. At least every single NBA Finals game is on is on ABC, and you can dependably count on there being ABC games pretty often. At least you can say that. You know, we had a couple of baseball games on ABC. But that was early in the playoffs. Like, you know, we had a couple noon. We had a couple noon playoff games on ABC in like the middle of the week. At two o'clock games, I think on a Friday we had one. It was it was the Marlins and the Cubbies. So, you know, that stuff can't happen. And I, I hope TV, and I hope the TV writes, I don't know when the deal's up, but they got to get that figured out to where they put baseball in better spots to succeed because the spots they were in, I mean, I'm not trying to dog TBS. Once again, I love Brian Anderson, but they can't have, you know, we can't do an FS1 right now. We can't be doing FS1 in TBS, especially in this sports climate. Like, you got to be on the big channels to compete. They got to be on those bigger channels. And so um, that was upsetting, but uh, alas. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to kind of analyze how these teams got there. It's not going to be as much as a, of a recap as it is kind of a conversation about um, the way those series went and how things went down, how each team kind of arrived at where they were at because they, they had to fight out of some holes. They had to show some championship medal to, to get where they are. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on the other end of this break. We will have our uh, kind of conversation about how they got here. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Right now, they've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barchia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those also go along with their 12 original flavors, all chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, my favorite, coconut, and then peanut butter brownie as well. Right now, you got a chance to get a free cooler with your purchase, as well as using our promo code. You get 20% off when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, that's 20% off your next order and a chance to win a free cooler with your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for 20% off. So, how did we arrive here? The Rays, after giving up that three-game lead in Game 7, they brought Charlie Morton out there, and he was uh, really impressive in this game. Five and two-thirds innings, no run runs, six strikeouts. Really good job from him, keeping things down and letting the Rays get to their bullpen. I think the one problem with the Rays' bullpen was that they used them so much in the series, and, and the Astros saw them so much it became a bit easier. But I think it's what made it a bit more impressive that in Game 7, the bullpen showed up and they and they showed up in a big way. And I think that, that cannot be uh, talked about enough. Randy Rosarena with a two-run home run in the bottom of the first. This guy, this he's still just a kid. I mean, the Cuban Mookie Betts. He has been quite the revelation for the Rays. Mike Zanino in the bottom of the second adds a home run, makes it 3 nothing. Then the Rays add another one. Mike Zanino, again, the Florida Gators sack fly, scoring G-Man Joy 4-0 in 
in the bottom of the sixth. The Astros added two in the eighth. And things got a bit dicey there, but Missouri Tiger, Peter Fairbanks comes in the game and gets the save, M-I-Z. And that's the story. The bullpen, I mean, getting it done and holding them off. And it's weird because, you know, you think about, you think about, I mean, I always say this. Game sevens, all bets are off. Elimination games, all bets are off. And, you know, momentum's a thing, yes. But to be honest with you, I felt like the the Dodgers had a bit more momentum than the Rays did. Or excuse me, than the, than the Astros did. I, I think the, the, the Dodgers felt like their presence was a bit more looming, even though the Astros went on this crazy, you know, streak against one of the best teams in baseball this season. They still felt like they had less momentum than the Dodgers. And the Rays you know, basically coming out in game seven and treating it like another game, they were able to do that. And I think without fans, it's another thing too, is that there's not as much tension. You don't feel it as much. And these games feel a bit more individual than, uh, you know, their collective parts might assume, right? It feels like, you know, momentum does not roll as much because there's not fans. The games feel a bit more isolated, if you will. So I think that's something to note. And I think that's why the Rays were able to kind of compartmentalize that and get back to playing their brand of baseball. Once again, I was not, I mean, their team was hitting... I think on Friday night, you know, heading into that game in the playoffs, they hit like 208 uh, as a team, which, you know, that's kind of the story of the Rays is just good pitching, timely hitting. And that's what got them there. And uh, I know roster full of, let's be honest, I mean, to the general public, the general fans, to, to sports fans who are just tuning in right now to watch the playoff baseball, not known quantities, right? I mean, these guys are not... Uh, highly, you know, thought of players in terms of, you know, public perception or, you know, marketable guys. There's, I mean, I think if you asked, you know, my my dad who's watched a good amount of baseball, to ask him, you know, to tell you a Rays player, he, you know, before the playoffs, he would have jokingly told you Evan Longoria. Um, and you'd be like, hey, is Evan Longoria still there? So obviously Blake Snell won a Cy Young, but to my dad, and also my dad is somebody who watches a lot of National League baseball during the regular season. You know, he'll know a lot more. He'll remember, you know, if David Price won a Cy Young two years ago or, you know, a guy like a Justin Verlander wins a Cy Young two years ago. Yeah, he, he knows that a bit more um, than he would, you know, you know, a guy like Blake Snell winning a Cy Young. Um, and now, you know, we've gotten to learn. I mean, I think Tyler Glasnow is going to be, uh, he's, you know, I know he's not the youngest guy in the world, but he's still got such a bright future. And I think he's really coming into his own. I mean, we've already seen him in a bunch of big games pitching, but I think he's got the stage now to show everybody what he's all about in the World Series. And I think he's a potential star. But that goes back to it, man. The Rays just, um, and it's not money ball, but like it's just a well-managed, well-functioning machine. They are the San Antonio Spurs of, of baseball. That's that's kind of what they are at this point in time. And we have to respect them as such because they have the ability to now, I mean, they're proving it, win championships. And they took the Astros to five games last year, you know, a team that, uh, was so close to winning the World Series in the Astros. And this year they took care of them this season. They got the redemption. They're in the World Series. This is a legit, legit group of guys who, you know, might not be legit individual players, but as a collective, and I'm talking about the lineup here, they just do things that, you know, it seemed like it's beyond comprehension. Uh, guys outperform what their expected, you know, performance is. Um, and so I think that's to be noted. The other side of this is the Dodgers and the Dodgers coming back from being down 3-1 against the Braves. And uh, this felt like they gained some momentum after game five. To be honest, I was I was okay actually after game four because I thought, look, the, the Braves got that get fourth game. It's really important to get the 3-1 series lead. And that meant that when they had the bullpen game in game five, they could kind of not take their foot off the gas, but you could spot them game five because you have 
Freed in Game 6, and Anderson in Game 7. That turned out not to be true. And as Game 5 wore on, and it felt like the Braves had the chance to shut the door, it felt like a bit more important that they did. Right? They take a 2-0 lead in that game, and Corey Seager gets the home run in the 4th. And then Will Smith propels them with that 3-1 home run in the 6th. And you're kind of thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is not, it's not the way you wanted the spot in the game, right? If they come out and they beat you and they, and they get up on you early, that's fine. But, you know, you're you're looking at four innings, but, you know, you're looking at being four innings away from a trip to the World Series and it gets flipped like that. You start to start to get a bit nervous. And the Braves came from behind and won, excuse me, the Dodgers came from behind and won in that game. And then they won a low scoring game um, and two low scoring games to finish off the series. But in game six, that first inning, they're able to put up all three runs and the Braves, you know, were not able to counter. I mean, uh, Walker Bueller in the bullpen made that lead, lead stick. Acuna gets the gets that double in the seventh and drives in a run, but nothing else. They were not able to generate enough offense. And then I liked I liked having Ian Anderson out there for game seven. I liked the way they got to Dustin May early in the game and forced them to go to the bullpen. But that 2 nothing lead was, was not enough. And... Again, Will Smith drives in the two runs. Austin Riley, I thought, with the counter, that was gigantic. I thought the Braves, I felt really good about the Braves in that fourth inning, but unable to extend that lead, and they eventually get burned with that Kike Hernandez home run, ties the game up, and then Cody Bellinger with that monster shot in the seventh, making it uh, 4-3, to three. and that felt like at that point in time, it, the Braves just were not going to be able to push across a run. So the, the Dodgers fighting from behind, being able to, to to do that. And I thought one thing, too, we should mention is that Julio Urias was was unbelievable in those last three innings. It's a big spot for a young kid. And also, too, like, he's 24 years old. I remember him coming into the league five years ago at 19. Um, and, he, you know, the 2016 season is when he first burst onto the scene. And in 18 starts, he uh, he had a 3-3-9 ERA, 5-2 record. And then, you know, these come back in the last couple seasons have been really good. But him moving to the bullpen and performing well there has been a revelation for them. Um, he's made one start in the playoffs so far, but he's 4-0 in the playoffs. And he's pitched 16 innings. He has surrendered one run. And the last three innings, man, it was all him. And I don't know. I don't think Dave Roberts, this was not the plan coming into the game. They did not even have to send Kenley Jansen out there. They didn't have to send Clayton Kershaw out there. The two most talked about guys potentially out of the bullpen. And then it was Urias who locked it down for the final three innings for them. Uh, A sublime performance from him. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And he is kind of an unsung hero, right? I think he's going to be a guy that we're not going to talk about when we discuss, hey, you know, who are the big, the big, uh, you know, the fat big players in this game. But for Urias, three innings, no hits, no runs allowed. And he did a good job getting ground balls, getting fly balls, no strikeouts either too. He just maneuvered his way around the lineup. I mean, it's, it's no easier than that. No, you know, nothing, nothing more needs to be said than that. Um, and, and a guy who gave up, you know, give up some hits last time around uh, against the Braves in the last outing that he threw. But yeah, I have to say, Urias, the three innings, he to me is the real hero. I know Bellinger comes through, but that bullpen at the end is very shaky, and they were concerned about that, I know. And for him to give them that stability, to not even have to use their closer, what a feeling for Dave Roberts, right? I mean, this 24-year-old coming through for you in that way. And that's those are the kind of, of moments, those are the kinds of guys stepping up. You, how, you always hear about every championship team has them. It just feels like the Rays are full of them. And here's the thing about the series. 
I, I said I'd favor the the winner of the of the National League Championship Series over whoever the American League cha- Championship Series winner was. This feels pretty even. Um, I'm gonna lean Dodgers, but I mean this thing feels like if there's any team that can make you know late inning mistakes or bullpen mistakes make them apparent, it's this weird group of Rays, right? It's the Rosarenas of the world. It's the G-Man Choi's of the world. It is the Mike Zaninos, the Kevin Kiermeyers, uh, the Brandon Lows, right? You know, the, the, uh, the Brazos of the world. Those guys are the ones who can just make it happen. If there's any, you know, if any group of pitchers and, uh, you know, starting and bullpen can, can frustrate and stymie a lineup, it is this Rays group. So we're going to have more kind of a bit more of a preview. going to mention some of that stuff on tomorrow's pod as well too. But for right now, I just want to kind of want to talk about how they got there, and um, this feels right. I mean, these this feels like these we have the two correct teams playing in the World Series, and that's always a good thing to have. I'm not saying the Miami Heat versus the uh, versus the the Lakers was was wrong this year. Both teams earned it, but it did feel weird seeing this group of you know the upstart Heat of a bunch of uh, of players like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero trying to go toe to toe with the Lakers, right? And it felt uh, weird seeing Kelly Olynyk out there. And it's going to feel weird like this too, but also like the aces, right? Like, I mean, you look at the, you look at the record and you look how this team earned it. Like that heat team was a five C that's why it felt, didn't feel fluky, but it felt different. This raised team that you look at the record and you look at their, their, the resume and how they got here. It makes sense. And it makes sense for both these teams to be where they are right now. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I think there's any team to, to put the press on the Dodgers and say, Hey, look, you have to go and earn a world series. It's time for you guys to finally earn one against a legit team. Um, you know, it's, this is, this is the time. And you guys, you know, that, that's not like the Dodgers have won one and didn't earn it, but they have to, you know, if they want one, it's not like they're going to be handed one. They're, they're not going to be given one on the silver platter here. They're going to be playing the best opponent they've played the entire season. Uh, pitching plus hitting combined married together and the situational hitting too for the, for the Rays. Um, you know, they have to be, you have to mind your P's and Q's against this team. I think that's the big thing with the Rays. All right. Check out the Locked On uh, Nationals Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Make sure you check out our postseason position reviews. We have catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, and right field all done. All of those evergreen. So you guys can check them out right now in your podcast feed. And then coming tomorrow is going to be center field. Then later this week, we're going to talk about left field. Um, and, you know, I think it's the outfield for the Nationals right now is super interesting uh, because, you know, we have saw a little bit of Juan Soto and Wright, and obviously he's going to be out there. But, you know, if free agency goes a certain way, do they move one to right and go get a left fielder so they can get more pop in the lineup? Something we have to talk about and what they're going to do with center field too. So that's coming up later on the, later this week on the pod. Make sure you guys check that out as well. And then check out the Locked On MLB podcast and the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.